0: Yeah, we're going to start with something that I read this morning. A Maryland candy company is selling chocolate-covered cicadas to celebrate the emergence of the noisy insects that have spent the last 17 years underground. Chouquette Chocolates is selling the cicadas dipped in either milk or dark chocolate, but it also posted the recipe on its Facebook page for basically for you guys because I know how you feel about eating. And there's a picture of a chocolate-covered cicada on here. And guys, I can tell you right now, the wings are still on it. That's like eating a hamburger that has, like, hair in it. This is part two of our interview that we did a while back. On It's online. You can go to our Gateway page and find the podcast. Okay, so... Define or describe the following three mindsets: the poverty mindset, the prosperity gospel mindset, and the kingdom abundance mindset. Rusty and Linda, one, two, three, go.
1: The poverty gospel or poverty mindset. I mean, I I lived, I grew up in that. You know, through this, I I think I feel like we should point out this is this is not about money. <laughs> It's honestly about mindset and and what's in our hearts, what we believe, and so if your belief is about being, I feel like it's more of a negativity, like the glass is half empty, it's never gonna get better, um, there's no way out, and you can apply that really to I think any area of your life. There's never gonna be enough, it's like a scarcity mentality I remember when we were going through, you know, our really rough time, which you can go back and listen to. I don't even know if you remember saying this, but he said, "I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop." <clears throat> oh, yeah. And I think that I think that really, that's kind of the mindset. And if things do get good, you know, it just can't possibly last. Mm. Like you're waiting for, uh-huh. it, you know, what's going to happen? If this is too good to be true, and so it's that you're just waiting for something bad to happen.
0: Yeah, when we were talking yesterday, remember when I said when I was like late teenager, early 20s, so before I met Jesus, but also when I was still young in Jesus, I remembered constantly thinking, I'm gonna die of a heart attack, I'm gonna get cancer, I'm gonna die young, I'm gonna find out my, my loved ones have gotten killed in a car accident, just expecting a phone call like that anytime soon, just living with that expectation, now, if that happens, I'll be shocked and I'll grieve because that kind of thing happens in life, right? But I'm not like expecting it, anticipating it, and constantly looking for it. And, like, and that's been a, and going through this, I'm like, okay, okay, I see that. So that's a poverty mindset. It had nothing to do with money, but it had everything to do with am I poised toward tragedy and sin and expecting the worst, glasses half empty, pessimistic, or am I hopeful? And understanding that like, life always has goodness in it, no matter how hard. Yeah, okay, so what would be then a prosperity gospel mindset if we hit the po- poverty one?
1: What's the prosperity gospel mindset? You know, it's interesting because the gospel is about prospering, yeah. but it's not a prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. There really is a difference. Yeah. And, uh, and poverty and the prosperity gospel are both rooted in mammon they are like the mammon spirit is it's very prevalent in our families and churches today okay so what i hear you saying is the poverty mindset says
0: i have i'm living from fear Mm -hmm. and i and i and i expect lack and the prosperity gospel says a similar kind of a thing there's limited resources so i have to do for me and mine
1: right it's greed it's rooted in greed you can never, you never feel satisfied. You never feel like there's enough. And and actually, I, I, I'm like the poster child for all of this because I felt like I had moved out of the poverty mindset, but then I moved into the greed mindset. I, I wouldn't have called it that, but I would push us. I would push Rusty and I both, like, You know, when we did our taxes, I was like, okay, we made this much this year. If we can make this much next year, it'll feel better. Like, I'll feel like we have enough. And you know what, we would hit it at great cost (laughs) to our bodies and our minds, but we would hit it. And then I would do the same thing, like, Yeah, and that's the greed mindset is, okay, that still wasn't enough. There, there was like, oh, okay, so we, we gotta set the bar higher, and we gotta strive, and we gotta do this, and you know, I'll pick up extra shifts, and, and, and it was all these plans, and, and, and we would hit it every time, but again, it was at great cost, and you never felt like you had enough.
0: So how much is enough, and the answer from both of these mindsets is, there is more. A- so Rusty, talk to me about a kingdom. Is it okay if I put my shoe up like that? I don't know. We're in the West, in, in Eastern culture, you can't put your shoe up at somebody, it's disrespectful, you know what I'm saying? Talk to me about the kingdom abundance mindset because one thing I know about you in personal relationship, right, right. is you have a core value that, that really smells like kingdom abundance to me. And one reason I know that is because of your emphasis and your praying on having fun.
2: Well, I think God wants us to have fun always, and that i think one, I think one of the main things is, is is really comes back to your mindset, yeah, I believe that that God has so much more for us than what we really realize and the way that we think about that is i think because we're born in this world of sin we we have um, i guess it's like a it's like walking into a coal mine with a white coat on. You don't really have to do anything to get dirty. Right. But every day if we renew our mind and have a mindset of, you know what, I need to wash this coat when I get out of here and to cleanse ourselves and to always be thinking that God has so much more for us to give us and we just keep thinking that he's only got enough. He has so much, you have no idea. I mean. And I know that, and, and I try to help people with um, knowing that God is, a, he, he's just an abundant God. I think sometimes the way that we think, it limits him from giving us uh, what he really wants to give us.
0: Verse that I was thinking of, no good thing does he withhold from them whose walk is blameless. Like he actually loves to bless his people, but if you, if you don't have a mindset to be able to receive blessing from the Lord, right then it doesn't matter how good he is to you, you'll not perceive him as good. and You won't. Yeah. You, you can be the most blessed person in the world and think you're cursed. Yeah. You can have God tell you, man, I'm so excited about the life we're about to live, and you can say, yeah, but whatever. And you'd be, well, what about this? But I don't have this, God. What about that? You haven't been faithful to me. It's just, you know what I mean? You cannot, you cannot rise above your level of unbelief. You have to switch to faith to perceive God's yeah. promises correctly.
1: Yeah, that's good. And you know for Rusty, he was always Mr. Prosperous, which drove Miss Poverty crazy because he always was giving, and it it did, it irritated me because we didn't have enough, I know. And like, I questioned (laughs) why he would give to certain people (laughs) and why he would give so much um, because it just, it didn't feel right to somebody whose glass is like almost empty, like my heart and stuff. And he would say these things like, my daddy owns it all. I'm like, oh. And it was true, but I couldn't see that because I had such a distorted lens of what prospering meant, which I love this definition is, prosperity is blessing, not possessing. And see, Rusty was all about blessing, but I was about possessing. And so when you have those two worlds, like I'm so glad he stuck it out <laughs> and, and you know had faith that I would come through and start to allow God in to, to heal all those areas of my heart where I didn't trust or didn't feel like worthy maybe, that he would take care of all of our needs, you know, our physical, our emotional, our financial, our children. Yeah, it's a whole nother topic. So really what I'm hearing is the issue is
0: trusting God.
1: Yeah. The issue yeah. in all this
0: is trusting God. Yeah. It's like tr- not trusting God, expecting disaster, not trusting God, gathering it up for your own pleasures and self, <laughs> yeah. or trusting God that you'll have enough and therefore you can be generous even, yeah.
1: Yeah. We're yeah.
0: blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing, right? All the way back to Genesis 12. Yep. So, congregation, I got some. Next slide, please. I'm going to give you some sentences, and I want you to tell me which mindset they come from, okay? There's always enough so I can be generous. Kingdom abundance. There's always enough so I can be generous. How about this mindset? There's never enough. Interesting. How about this sentence? It's all about me. I like it.
1: They kinda link together, don't they? Their answers are better than
0: the ones that I gave. Next slide. So we've kinda already hinted on this because you said it right at the beginning, but every time we've had this conversation about the kingdom and finances, Rusty has been clear with me. Tim, this is not about money. It's not about making money, it's not about getting money, it's not about being rich financially. If money isn't the point of kingdom abundance teaching, then what is the point? I know both of you are gonna give an answer.
2: Actually, I believe that if we just have the mindset of, of Christ, that we will always have more than enough. It comes back to actually trusting Jesus with everything yeah. and trusting God with everything. Because yeah. if if your daddy owns it all, why would you worry about anything? It's just. It really comes back to that mindset again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you, but it's it's that think and and how that plays out and how that works. Yeah. As as Christ followers, we. People should be looking at us
1: and seeing the kingdom of heaven. That—that's how I feel. Is that we are so blessed? Amen. In you know that they can have a conversation with us and they leave the conversation like I don't know what it is about her or him, but I want what they have. It's like what you carry. You carry the kingdom in your heart in your soul, like it just takes over every part of your body. And when that lens changes, you just see, you see things. You don't see problems, you see possibilities.
2: Rusty often says this. For every problem, there's a provision and a promise. For every problem. I mean, I that if you have a problem, just say that, and the Holy Spirit will show you a way, even when you can't see a way, because his... God's thinking is way above what we could ever comprehend. So the Holy Spirit is with us all the time because Jesus left said, I'll send you a helper and he's with us all the time. And he is so intelligent, it's unreal.
0: (laughs) So thinking Rusty's way here instead of my way, my my kids are here so they know that when I see things out of order, I tend to verbalize that displeasure Notice how I'm skirting around using the word complain here? (laughs) But Rusty's mindset would be, okay, when you encounter a problem, you don't just say, oh, it's a problem. Life's terrible. Oh, poor me. Everything stinks. You go, okay, there's the problem. So now I need to seek God for the provision and the the promise. Because God always has a way through.
1: And that's what happens is you actually start to become expectant how many of you ever, well, we'll use money, have you ever been blindsided by something coming unexpectedly for, you know, and you don't have the money? Like, we had a huge tax bill. (laughs) I was like, what? We owe this much? (laughs) He's like, for every problem, (laughs) there's a promise and a provision, and I was like, yep, because sometimes I need to, you know, flip it really quick, yep, all right, so, dad, my father, who owns it all, who is unlimited. We could pull this money out of savings, but do you have a better way? <laughs> Most of the time he does. And and that's what, it just, you start, you start expecting things differently. Um, if I wake up and I'm not feeling good physically, it's not, which this is where how it used to be, because I grew up in a family, I mean my mom was, if anybody had sniffles that she worked with, she was quite certain we were gonna, this is on a Monday, we're gonna be out of school by Friday and her re- weekend would be ruined because she's got sick kids. So I grew up hearing you know, that kind of thing.
0: Negative prophecy.
1: Yeah, and, and she didn't mean that. You know, she didn't mean it like that, she was just worried about us kids. But that's how, I, that, that's how my mindset was. If I didn't feel good on Monday, crap, my weekend's going to be ruined because it's just going to get worse. And then I'm going to be out of work maybe Friday and my, ruined, my weekend's shot. But now if I wake up and I don't feel that good, it's like, huh, dad, why am I not feeling good? You know, what's going on in my body? Because I know what your promises are. And usually he'll highlight, you know, you just haven't had no sleep. You know, sometimes it's just obvious, right? You know, you just need to take a step back and get some rest,
0: Sometimes the answer is, shh. Uh, not you, I'm saying. When I'm like, what's
2: the problem with this? Why don't,
1: shh. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's real easy to say what you're thinking, but I would ask you to guard your heart and your mouth. Just remember that God created this whole world by speaking. Just all he did was spoke it. He said, let there be light and out of his mouth came light like 186,000 miles per second and there was we a sun. We hear that often too. So,
1: do what? You say that a lot. These are well, rustyisms. So they we're,
2: are. we're his kids, so if we're his kids and we so we have to be careful of the things that, that we say, negative or positive, what we say will come to pass. As you go around saying, I'm never gonna have any money, I'm never gonna have good health, I'm always gonna not have good friends, you know what, that's what's gonna happen. It's that simple. But if you go around speaking positive things, it will happen. It will happen.
0: Uh, Next slide, please. Uh, I think we're on to four, number four. Jesus is our Savior, our healer, and our provider. I wonder if you trust him more as one or the other or trust him less with some of those. Uh, I think the one that a lot of us, I think all Christians are like, ah, he's my savior. Some Christians are like, oh yeah, he's, he's the healer too. And, and some Christians are like, he's, he's the savior too, or provider too. Here's a verse that I think conveys all three of those. It's Third John 1, 2, which says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health, even as your soul also prospers. So I pray that, you're going to enjoy the provision and the health even as it's coming along really well with you in your soul. That's really fascinating. Just quick, quick heart check on, on those three. Is there a zone where you have a little bit more of a difficult time trusting Jesus?
1: And yet you have experienced... Yeah, healing. I just remember how dramatic that was. Yeah, like Adam
0: Adam Bower. Bauer came down. We were at Aunt Mary's house and he prayed over Kate Kate's uh, ankles. And for the first time in her life in her life, she was able to stand. Is it still that way? Yeah, I don't have With that, more pain. no more pain. like for your whole life you had pain in your ankles and your feet when you would when you would be on your feet all day. And after he and it wasn't even like a long time of prayer commanded the pain to go in Jesus' name, said, is it better? Don't tell me what it is, because I don't want to know. He said, don't tell me what it is, because I don't want the size of the problem to freak me out, because all problems are the same size to God, but they're not the same to us. So, so You know what I mean?
1: That's so good. So he
0: says, don't tell me what it is, because I don't want to have less faith if it's cancer than if it's a headache, so just tell me if it's better. And then, in Jesus' name, pain go. Now check yourself, is it better? Did it move? And." That's astounding. He's just a regular guy like you and me, but he stepped out in faith and prayed for Kate. So, yeah, we have seen, but we haven't seen it all yet, have we? And we want to see more.
1: I just think that's, that's the way that we, we want to get with, with healing, with, with prospering in our soul, with expecting to. I love oh, 2 Corinthians 9, I think it's 8, that says, God will, I have to remember. God will provide in abundance, I need to look it up, he'll he'll take care of all of our needs and help us be able to meet the needs of others, I think is basically what it says. And I love that scripture. Um, And so finding scripture promises helped me so much. It just, you know, I heard Bill Johnson say this and then we were just reminded of it um, recently He's had, if you know who he is at Bethel Church, he's had so many things prophesied over him. Plus he knows what scripture promises he wants to stand on and he actually, I guess he must have them recorded. And, and I've done that, you guys. I, I have scripture promises and prophecies recorded that I can listen to, but he said he works out like five days a week and he listens to these words that God says about him and the promises that God has made in his word, he said, I can't afford to have any thought in my mind that God doesn't have in, about me. And I was like, yeah, because that's, again, where it really makes a difference is, what am I thinking, how am I thinking, and, and you see it by how I live my life.
0: I had no idea that Bill Johnson, when he was younger, really struggled with the feeling of being totally inadequate, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem. I had no idea. And, and exactly what you're describing is what changed it for him was learning. He had a whole notebook full of truths that God had spoken over him. And somebody thought he'd, before he'd show up at a weekend and before he would speak, he'd be looking at this three-ring binder full of paper, and the person thought he was studying his messages for the weekend. They thought he was getting ready, you know. He wasn't. He was, looking at the pro- he, he was fighting the real fight. The real fight wasn't do good with the sermon. The real fight was I can hardly be used by God if I can't believe I can be used by God. All right, next question. You had a quote the other day, Rusty. You said you can't build a skyscraper on an outhouse foundation.
2: What is that all about? It comes back to the mindset again. One of the things that, um, when we took these uh, foster and adoption classes, Sherry Battles was our social worker, and she asked me to explain to the whole class um, what, what happens when the foundation's cracked and you keep on building on that foundation. So I explained to her and showed her that you have to go back and fix the foundation before you start building on it. And and she related that to to kids that you foster or adopt because some of the things that they went through wasn't a good foundation. So she's saying what she's saying is go back and fix before you can start giving them good things that they need to hear that that stuff has to be fixed first. And it's the same thing with doing a, um, a house. You You don't I mean, uh, even if you're building a, well, you know, a, a skyscraper's not gonna hold a foundation um, of an outhouse. So when they built the Twin Towers up in New York, it was 70 feet down that they went down, that they poured concrete, solid concrete with uh, rebar steel in it, underground. underground. From like the ground surface they went 70 feet down and then they went 80 feet down on each side of the, each one of them walls with a, with a four inch wall that was poured in concrete around that to hold the dirt until they got that poured. You wouldn't think they would need to go down that far, but they were, they were the tallest uh, two buildings in the world for two years. It comes back to the mindset of um, being able to think big and to be able to have a solid foundation first before you uh, start building your life, your wealth, your health, anything, because you just it has to be fixed at the beginning.
1: And that does take time. Right. And I think, and I'm so guilty of it, or I used to be especially of that microwave mentality, you know, like, can we just get it fixed now? Do I have to go through all this journey of renewing my mind and really getting God's word and promises in my heart? And yes, yes. We do. (laughs) I had a lot, thank goodness it didn't take as long to fix as it did all those decades of just the lack and the negativity and the scarcity and all that. I mean, I'm just so thankful it didn't take nearly as long to renew my mind, but it's an ongoing process because the Bible says to renew our mind every day. Daily. Daily. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: foundational things are usually very simple, very simple things. And sometimes we, we, we struggle with, um, it's called the fluency illusion. Are you familiar with the term? Where you're able to say the truth that you have no idea how to live. You're able to pass the test at school. It's the fluency illusion. Be- you think that because you know the words and you can say the thing and, and answer the question on the test that you actually understand. So we say things like God loves me or that God is love. But actually, that's like one of the most foundational realities. God is love, and I am the beloved. When we, when you see God's love really come home on somebody, they come awake, they come alive. You've heard me say this a lot, but when you remove the unhealthy shame, when you get people who are clean, who have a clean conscience, when you get people who feel that they are loved by God, they just start worshiping. When you get people who feel that they are loved by God, suddenly they think it is good that God created them. Let me say it another way. The gospel creates people who like themselves. That's so big. And if you think that's not big, there's a foundational problem. Here's a a quick thought exercise, number six, point six. If you took everyone's money, (laughs) that's hilarious. I said, so if you took everyone's money, and Bunny says, what money? (laughs) (laughs) so if you took everyone's money away and you redistributed it that's a tough one to say redistributed it equally among all the people of the world and then we could go 15 years forward and see how things look just take a few moments and discuss with whoever's near you what you think would happen (laughs) Any thoughts already? What would happen? Yeah, go for it. So Don's saying it would be a lot like Jesus' parable of the talents. Some people's mindset would be to actually take what they have and they'd make more. Other people would be greedy and mean with it. Some people would lose it, you know. Other people, yeah. Okay, anyone else wanna weigh in before this little panel? What Was that a hand? Did I see a hand? Would you spend it all, Israel? Yeah, okay, so the ex- another example Don gave was people who win the lottery. I was thinking, you know how stressful it would be to win the lottery and have everyone know? The only way I even want that money is if no one else knows that I have it. I would be bombarded with everybody's worthy cause. Oh, my word, just go away, you know? <laughs> Fine, have a chicken house. Have another one. Have a couple more. All right, guys, what What do you think about this, the, the, the thought exercise?
2: I believe that it would. That it would go Actually, back what? Yeah, I mean, it would it would go back just like it Well, I don't think it'd take 15 years. I think it'd be a whole lot faster than that because it really comes back to your mindset again. It's, it's how you think. It's like she was saying that some people will squander it unless you change, unless your thinking
1: changes and the way that you view things, you're still you. I'm hearing you say those who are wealthy now,
0: if we redistribute everything, in 15 years, they would be wealthy again. Those who are deeply in poverty now, if in 15 years after we redistributed, they would be deeply in poverty again. Those who are middle class now would be middle class in 15 years again.
1: Most likely. I do think there's exceptions.
0: Okay, so there are exceptions, but as a generalized but as a general, rule. I mean,
1: that, haven't you seen that? I mean I just know from our how many years did we live no matter how much money we made we were still the problem. Yeah. Our thinking wasn't it wasn't renewed. We weren't thinking kingdom, we were still in a poverty mindset. So it didn't matter how much money you would have given us. We still had the problem. Like we just kept getting worse and worse in debt because of our thinking. Mostly mine. But I I do believe that it it is, like Rusty keeps saying, it's mindset, and and we lived it for a while, where it didn't matter how much money was coming in. We were still a mess. I'm gonna
0: give a quote, and it's it's a quote that haunts me because it, it requires us to take radical responsibility for our lives. Your system is perfectly designed to produce your present results. Say that again. Your system is perfectly designed to produce your present results. Take the whole system together, all of its di- different factors, relational, social, spiritual, emotional, all, of, all the different... Your system is perfectly designed to produce your present results. Yeah. Now that's an annoyingly intense quote. Yeah. I forget who said it, probably I Peter Drucker or some business dude like that, but ever since I heard it, I wasn't thinking about the business stuff. I was thinking about the life stuff. Like, oh man, that means that if I hate my life, I need to change my life. We'll skip the John Wesley one. We'll skip the number eight. But let's go to number nine. Comment on this, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom. This is words of Jesus. In the context of him saying people are worried and freaked out. Constantly worried, constantly stressed, constantly hurried, constantly driven, constantly competitive. And then he says, that's not the way of the kingdom. Here's what I want for you. Seek the kingdom first and God's righteousness, and God will take care of everything.
2: Comment on that, please. I think sometimes where we make the mistake is we're seeking other things rather than seeking the kingdom Because when we seek the kingdom, a lot of times I believe what happens is you don't have as many problems as you think you do because you got your mind on things above and not on things here on the earth. That's good. And those problems become not a problem anymore. And if you seek God first every day, seek Him first, things will work out way better than what you ever believed. because you're thinking you're seeking him first and then it says also and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you everything basically that you want or need and some people
0: decide they're going to be offended because life didn't give them what they want Exactly. and if they could just get over that or we could just get over that and learn to receive the blessing of what is instead of consider ourselves not blessed because we don't have what we thought we wanted out of life. Good luck, if, if you think that if you're gonna say your yeses to God and then he's gonna make your life the way you wish it was, oh boy, Good luck. help us Jesus.
1: But I also see people that feel as though if they're not living at a poverty level or they're not giving away everything that God's blessing them with, that there's something wrong with them. I remember when we were doing, because we led The Blessed Life with Robert Morris quite a few times, and, and it was one of the times that we led it here. And after one of the sessions, we were back home, and I was standing in the kitchen, I can still see it, and I was like, Lord, I just want people to want to give. And not only did I hear his voice, but I felt his heart. And he was grieved. He said, Linda, I want my people to receive. And I felt his heart on that, and I have never forgotten that. Like I could feel the grief that he had. Like, yeah, my my people give, but they they're not receiving from me. And so I think that's he really does good. It. Well, it came from him, so yeah. That well, I mean, it's not a Lindaism. Do I have any Linda? Yeah, you do. I do. All
0: right, so we're going to end with the Three Rivers Parable St- story time. Once upon a time, there were three rivers. These rivers flowed through the mountains and passed the doorsteps of three different families before moving off into the wide world beyond. Each family had a very different approach to their management of the water. The first family gathered together one sunny afternoon and determined that their future was at risk. There simply was not enough water to support them, so they built a dam, turning the river into a, a private pond. Occasionally when the rains were especially heavy, a tiny trickle would flow out of their pond to those less fortunate, but they continued to live in fear that there was not enough. The second family laughed at their neighbor's foolish behavior. Instead, they just used all, up, all the water up that the river brought, because what else was water for? And almost no water was allowed to flow downstream. And when the water flow would increase, they would increase their usage Well, they'd build swimming pools and fountains and whatever extra water they had, they used to fulfill their own whims and desires. The third family looked at the water in a completely different way than the other two. They understood how much water was truly available to them, and they intentionally allowed water to flow freely downstream to others, even when it wasn't the rainy season. And yet, they always seemed to have enough. One day, the third family was out walking together and noticed another village. This village was nowhere near a river, and the people had to travel hours simply to have enough water to survive. When the family returned home and looked at their own river, they realized something spectacular, that if they built a canal, they could supply the entire neighboring village with drinking water. So they did so, and they watched that community begin to thrive And this brought them so much joy, they decided to do it again for another community and again for another community. In case you didn't notice, family one is the poverty mindset. Family two is the prosperity gospel mindset. And and family number three is kingdom abundance. Which family are you?
1: We don't want to confuse our source with our resources, because our resources are gonna change from time to time, but our source never does. And if you're living in a kingdom abundance mindset, I want you to remember that your generosity awakens the souls of unbelievers. There's an older man that is in our life that we led to Christ who was without Jesus for, he's in his 80s, so, we were warned about him when he came into our life, that he was a very mean man. And um, and I told Rusty, I was like, I'm gonna kill him with kindness. I am gonna show him Jesus. <laughs> and so we did. And he did accept Jesus. And he is a different man. and us making meals and checking on him and he's been dizzy and so Rusty mows certain areas of his property for him. Um, He doesn't know how to handle this and he is just crying all the time. He is a beautiful man now that, and he even said to me, I know that people haven't liked me, I haven't been a very good man. He just said this to me the other day. I said, well, you know, you're different now that you have Jesus. And I said, so I think people are going to start seeing that. I think they're going to start seeing you differently. But we know that he was placed in our lives and us in his lives just for this reason, that our generosity, it awakened the soul of this unbeliever.
2: He's changed his thinking because he was just telling Linda yesterday or the other day that he goes down to Ellendale uh, to go eat this Southern Grill, and he said, I've been he's there. there a lot. I've been there like a lot of times and nobody ever paid for my meal. Hey, in the know? last month, three yeah, nice different day. people, he said,
1: I don't know who they are. I don't know anybody there. And my meal keeps getting paid for. And he doesn't need the money. It's just that he's experiencing
2: generosity and kindness and he hasn't, I don't think, been used to that. So, so when your mindset changed, you you're thinking different and it attracts people into your life
1: so we have really i mean we do we enjoy sharing our journey and we enjoy you know talking to people and 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 just being there so if you know if you if you want to talk to us or you have questions or you need prayer we're here plus we have an amazing prayer team that that you know if there's something else you need you know healing or uh, a prophetic word, anything like that, please, please take this time and come forward. And just thank you so much for listening to us and giving us this time to, to share with you because it, it's like an incredible feeling to, to be up here and, and feel like, hey, maybe we're making a difference with the, the things that we've gone through and we can share so that we all get into that place of kingdom abundance because it's for everyone.
2: I want to say one thing that will probably shock you guys there's no problems in heaven for every problem there's a pro- for every problem there's a promise and a provision so when you have a problem say that and the holy spirit to help you with it in the best way okay guys let's, let's uh, bow our heads and pray lord thank you for another great day today <clears throat> lord we thank you for the information that you have for us that Lord, that we can convey um, to your people, Lord, that you love them so much and you care for them and you, you care for every little tiny thing that we have that we call problems. Lord, that you will continue to uh, help us with that and um, be able to change our mindset and our thinking in a godly way that only honors you. So we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We pray a protection around our church family this week. Lord, we pray that you will continue to uh, help them and help us with the things that we struggle with sometimes to always remember that you always have an answer. So thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.